Geraldine or Geraldine or whatever people have been calling you, let's start with that. What's your name? It's Geraldine. Geraldine. Well, I, I say Geraldine McCann. My husband may say it's actually Geraldine McGinley. I, I still go very strongly with the McCann element. <laughs> and you're living in Toronto. That must cause a lot of trouble. But no, go with the go with the first name. Um, people must get that wrong all the time. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm actually named after my auntie Geraldine. Um, but like from you know, age, it's always been Geraldine and oh, or Judy or Julie, as my brother Michael likes to call me, because in France on holiday, you know, this lady couldn't get my name right, so she called me Julie. So I get everything at this stage. <laughs> I think G would have been the a normal name yeah. for people to call me in the football field. Just go G G because it's obviously easier yeah. than Geraldine or Geraldine. And you mentioned there being on the football field and you mentioned your family. Let's go through it because it's a big family. So all the brothers and sisters and maybe in order as well. The famous McCann's from Cargan. Famous McCann. Well, I don't know about that now, but um, I'm one of 10 children. I'm the youngest girl, but um, they go in order. So there's Sinead and Eamon and Eilish and Potter and Mary and Gemma, and myself, and Michael, and Tomas, and Paul. So um, Paul is 16 years younger than Sinead. Sinead's now actually 47. She'd kill me for obviously saying that. But um, and Paul has just came 30, or last year came 30, and so he'll be coming 31 soon. So it's, it's nice. It's a nice age gap, obviously, from youngest to oldest. Well, I was talking to Michael about you and he said that you're directly above Michael, Thomas and Paul. And I'm going to quote him here. And he said, she knocked the shite out of us for years. <laughs> I presume this is the competitive spirit coming out here, which I have also heard a lot about as well. Now, I presume he means maybe in the back garden on the football pitch, or maybe he doesn't. Oh, I do Family's attempt. He gets us from at all but so I, I only started playing football when I was about 13 you see so um before that like ladies football wasn't big in Antrim whatsoever so whenever I joined I played a wee bit out in the backyard with Michael and Tomas and Paul and so what I would have been like if, like if the ball had a came to one of us and because I'm two years older than him you know obviously physically a bit bigger at that stage <laughs> we used to have good games out in the back garden where we used to shoulder him into the head or kick him <laughs> or you know, just the usual you know sibling rivalry at that stage so you were so used to it at that stage and then whenever I actually did start I kind of kind of knew the rules you know just from playing with them boys but yeah some crack whenever you have well, 10 children so I'm wondering where where this all fits in because I've been told that you're basically made of steel. You're an incredibly ferocious competitor. I'm thinking, did that come first or did that come when you had to hold your own against the boys? Um, I don't know. I think whenever you're one of ten children, you kind of want to, you know, stand your own ground and you not that you want to be heard, because to be honest, whenever you're one of ten children, you're never gonna get that much attention, obviously, because you just go into the not the background as I want to say, but you just blend in because there's so many of us, but you kind of always want to be seen as one of the best or, you know, not crap, I think would have been <laughs> the word of it actually. So whenever, like one of the things that I know talking to daddy and mommy is always, whenever you're out in the field, you give yourself, you give 110%, you always want to win and you want to be the best. And that was the big thing about it. 
and it started off obviously quite a young age whenever you're out in the back garden you always wanted to win you always want to be in that winning team and it didn't matter how you did it I, I knocked the crap out of Mick or you know you just went out about it or whatever and you always made sure that you you got the last winning goal and there was always fights and mainly Mick was crying you know that's just the, that's just the way it happened so yeah no it was it was, it was fun um, and then obviously whenever Enda came on the scene, obviously at a later stage, he used to then try to beat the crap out of them, but no, it didn't really happen that way actually. I think I think I remember a very early memory of Enda coming up and Enda would have been, but he's, but he's, he's six years older than Tomas, so whenever I started going out with him, Enda was 21 and Tomas would have been 15. So you can tell Enda was obviously playing for throw and under 21s, etc. Out in the backyard and even Tomas was able to take it around him and you could tell, okay, that's not good enough. I'm going <laughs> to gonna do something to stop it. So yeah, no, all fun. There's a lot of cliches there um, that I've heard and you hear all the time from people about being competitive and you're comp wanting to win and all that kind of thing. But... The more I talk to people about you, the more I realize that these are not just cliches. You have been described basically as the most ferocious competitor that competitor that well from teammates, from managers, from your brothers and sisters, that you're an incredibly ferocious come that that was the word that was used, ferocious, you know. So, you know, that must sort of set you apart. But I'm wondering and I'm thinking it maybe did come from all those plays in the back garden. I mean, I did that at home in the back garden and like you would play until it's dark at night and you know, it was all about winning, as you say, but like with you, and you mentioned your parents too, I'm wondering, was that a key thing? I mean, were they saying to you, you know, you could, you, it's all about winning? Well, yeah, well, to be honest, it was all about showing who you are and obviously expressing yourself and obviously doing doing your family and yourself proud. And that was the main thing. Like, obviously, we're, I'm one of 10 children. I'm immensely proud of my brothers and sisters and all that they've achieved. And so whenever we stepped out in that pitch, you wanted to win. And that was, you wanted to win for your club. And also you wanted to bring pride back for your family. And that was a massive, massive thing. So like whenever I did play and like, as you know, I played for plenty of teams. I always met, I always thought to myself, right, I'm bringing the pride, pride in the jersey, but pride for my family and family name. And that, that was a, that was a big thing I have to say, but as well as anything, I so enjoy the sport and I so enjoy competition and obviously I really enjoy winning and I think that's the, the main thing about it and you know and I, I, like with with our our boys and our girls and even looking at mommy and daddy like mommy would have played Camogie um for Craigan and I think they actually made it to Northern Ireland final and you could tell there's a massive competitive spirit in her and daddy exact same he played for club and county and you could tell you know big thing into winning championships and trying to obviously win championships with Antrim but that was a big thing and it definitely was instilled in all of us you know and whenever you went out on the pitch and if it meant training or match you wanted to do your best and that was a that was a big thing really big thing. Well what would be your earliest memory then from say of Gaelic games that's been in the middle of that whether it's with the camogie with your mum or seeing your dad I mean as a young girl maybe very young being along and sort of seeing up close what was happening? Yeah, like um, I remember, um, like obviously I played, I started playing Kogi for Craig whenever I was 12 actually, and that was great because we actually won, a, I think it was Fila Gale whenever I was under 14, and that, that was a big thing. And obviously, 
the taste of winning was massive there. But see watching my brothers play for Cargan, like Eamon, he's what, nine years older than me. And um, I think it was like 97 or 96, we got to a final. I actually think they, they won. And that was just before I would have actually played. And you, the, the real taste of winning and what it meant to the club and Paris was just amazing. And, and I think, you know, getting that buzz, you really wanted to do it yourself as well. And I could just tell how immensely proud we were all of him for being a part of that team, but also really pr proud about being from Cargan as well and doing that. So that, that, would, that would have definitely, you know, instilled a lot into us as well that, you know, not, I know it sounds like a really bad sense all about the winning, but it's, I think it's a lot about pride and, you know, and, you know, bringing kind of the, the win back for your club or, or your county at that stage. So, yeah. Did you relate to Michael Jordan in the recent documentary at all, <laughs> The Last Dance? Because that's come to mind a few times with, uh, when people have been describing uh, you. It sounds like a similar mentality to oh. Michael Jordan. Even now, 20 years later, you know, he's gone like, yeah, that's what I had to do. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I've only watched a couple of those, but it's immense. Oh, he's amazing. Oh, my God. Absolutely amazing. And you get like Oh, yeah, he's so, so impressive, like, you know, but um, obviously, I don't think I'm half as competitive as he, as he is. It's funny because, um, <laughs> you see, I think the people you may have been talking to would have been whenever I was a bit more, like, when a bit younger on it. I think now, because, um, like, as you know, I'm, I'm playing with Ergel, I, I think I've softened a lot, you know, I'm not as, you know, I'm not as competitive as I used to be. <laughs> so. I, I heard that you would cheat in a game of cards with a, your four-year-old niece to win your competitive. That was only once that you did it or whatever. <laughs> only once, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't are, you more, are you more of a Roy Keane and uh, Michael Jordan, though? No? I actually think I'm more of a Roy Keane, definitely. Definitely, yeah. Because you know what it is? Like, it's kind of that... I, I do think it's like you don't let anybody take the hand out of you and you don't let anybody, you know, whenever you play, you play to win. And, even, and it's quite bad. It's really bad because I know with my son, you know, I'd be very much... You don't let anybody beat you. You don't let anybody. You don't let anybody just win because you like them. You have to go all out. And I know that's I know actually really, really bad. But you kind of there's people the way there's one thing that maybe sets it apart. And I have seen you play once or twice, and I do remember a few collisions. I mean, what the, what people seem to say is that you will go through somebody. You will not stop. You will go through a brick wall, legally, preferably. Um, but you will, and, and and even maybe at a danger to yourself, which is Roy Keane would have done that kind of thing too. You you will. You, whatever it is, you will go through. You'll, you'll have no fear. Well, I have to say it is definitely something from my father. He said, I always remember him saying, you never yellow out. You never yellow out of a tackle. You go, when you go, you go 110%. And that's, that, that was the big thing. And you'll, you'll see it, like I'm sure you'll see it with my brothers and my sister Mary, and especially my sister Sinead who used to play as well. They, whenever they went in, they went all in. And you can tell it because it was very much instilled from us from a very young age whenever you're going in, you're not going to be the yellow person. And I know that's terrible. You literally put your head where people wouldn't put their hands, you know, that way, because you're going to go in and you're going to get that ball, you know. So, yeah, that, I think that would be a big thing, you know, because, well, obviously the size of me as well, I'm, what, five, ten and a half. I'm obviously physically stronger. So anytime I did go in, I seemed to send people flying. And I didn't mean to, obviously, you know, it just seemed to happen that way. <laughs> So who owns the crutches behind you there? 
Yes, I, I do. <laughs> Which brings me on to injuries. I mean, you must have got a lot of injuries then. Um, to be honest, I, the, uh, the biggest injury that I've ever had is uh, my ACL injury. And I got it actually playing for Ergo Cairn. We were playing um, in an Ulster semi-final. Um, and I went in um, and obviously when my leg went one way and I went the other. And so obviously that was the biggest injury that I had. Um, and uh, coming up to the 2009 year of playing with Antrim, I, I pulled my hamstring and I, I think it did actually get quite chronic, you know, like whenever you keep pulling it and pulling it and pulling it so much so that I had to take, I think I nearly had to take a couple of months off just to let it properly heal. But part of that, you know, I think as you get older, you get more injuries, more niggly injuries rather than anything. But those are the two major things that I remember about, you know, you know, main, main, main injuries. But compared to Enda, I look, I look like I've never had an injury in my life, <laughs> to be honest. The other thing is increasing your volume has just got up so for in the last 30 seconds for some reason. I don't know, did you accidentally touch a button there or anything? No? Well, I, didn't, I didn't touch anything. I didn't no, maybe, it. maybe it's my imagination. Right, let's go to when you said um, you took up girls football at the age of 13. Yeah. Why Why not before that and, and how did you take it up and how did you first become aware of ladies getting football? Okay, well, in Antrim, they didn't have ladies football. I don't think it was created until like 96. Um, and so what happened was, I think in 96, my sister Mary, like some, just, you know, me and Mary played football together right, right through. And she was playing camogie for Craig and like I was, but she's four years older than me. So there was some sort of tournament where Craig and camogie put in a team that were playing football and they played against Money Glass um, at that time. And at the end of it, you know, the Money Glass, you know, some of the kind of organizers had said to Mary, you know, you should come, you should come out, you'd really enjoy football and really compliment Kamoki. So Mary said to me, you know, me being a bit younger and obviously into the Kamoki, come on, you should come too. So she pulled she pulled us along and at that stage you could tell that they'd only really formed a year. And I don't even think they'd actually won a match at that stage. And um but I really enjoyed it. Like I really, really, really enjoyed it. And then I think it was the year after that we actually won a junior championship. And it was major. Now, obviously, at that stage, it was only like two or three clubs. But you could tell that was the formation of, obviously, Antrim Ladies Football. And then after that, um, I think 97, 98, um, I think I was playing, actually, County with Mary as well. And so Mary played midfield, centre-forward, centre and I was actually kind of half-back midfield. You know, I, was, I know you wouldn't know it by my play, but I'm supposed to be the more defensive, <laughs> defensive midfielder. But, um, and then, so that's how we all kind of got into it. Now, with Money Glass, like, I have such great, great memories. You know, I think we won something like seven or eight championships, junior and intermediate. And we also won a, um, an Ulster junior championship. So I had so many great memories, and I've made so many friends down there. So, but it is funny because um, the sad thing about it is I would count myself as a big cargo woman. And even though I don't live there, um, but we didn't really have a ladies football um, team at that stage um, and it's only now actually like my niece Sally um, she actually plays for the well, under 12 team and that's the the most senior team that there is for ladies football and I'm just so jealous because it's such an amazing thing to be able to play for your club and things like that but with Money Glass that's where I would consider my club as in for a ladies club because that's where I started my football it's so 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 many wins but also made so many friends from it as well Okay, I know, I know Money Glass were basically 
there were some calls back in the day and they won everything. But um, I'm, I'm trying to get to that 13 year old girl and what you enjoyed about playing ladies getting football, even though it was maybe a primitive form, as you say, in those days. And, you know, it was the early days in Antrim. Yeah, you know, well, what you enjoyed about it? Well, I, I loved the fact and um, like, I'm sure the Camogie girls may not, may not appreciate me saying this, but Camogie is so, such a skillful sport. You have to be immensely skillful to play it. Whereas ladies football, a major thing is it's, it's about your fitness um, as well. And what I love playing when I was playing football and in my early stages, how fit you could get, how you could run up and down the field, but also what you got out of it and what you could, um, you know, what you could do with a, a ball as well, like the soloing, the catching, and even just the crack that you had. It was kind of different than Camogie. I don't know what, I don't know how it is or whatever, but I know this is terrible for me to say, but the girls that usually play football are a bit more butch. And I know it's terrible to say that they're a bit more boyish and kind of like myself. So I found that I made a lot more friends from playing football than I actually did Camogie. But I, like, I love both, I have to say, I love both sports. But I think the only reason I actually gave up the Camogie is just that um, it clashed so much with the football and the county football. Um, but with with football, you just get, you get, I think you get so many disciplines from it, you know, about learning to play team sport, learning to listen to managers. Maybe managers may not say that I listened to them, but I, I think I did anyway. Um, giving respect to referees, well, again, you know, but, you know, doing, doing things there, but also really building a big bond with people that you wouldn't usually actually be friendly with. Like, that was a, that was a major thing too. And also the win, you know, winning and being part of a really successful club team. That, that was amazing, I have to say. I'm going to leave Money Glass for a minute, but I will come back like to your club career because I know it went off in different directions. You said you had a lot of different clubs, but I want to jump to talk a good bit about the All-Ireland win where you, you captained Antrim in 2009 in Croke Park and the All-Ireland junior final, you beat Limerick, and that was the first, was it the first Ulster team to win uh, an All-Ireland junior, the first Antrim team certainly to win an All-Ireland in, uh, in Croke Park. And that obviously was a massive thing, but we need to go back to the previous year um, to sort of do the build up to that. That was 2009, but 2008, um, your manager left, you know, you needed a new manager. Davy Cherry came in as your manager and you ended up being appointed captain. Um, what do you remember about that, how you were made captain and how you felt? Well, to, to be honest, it's kind of funny at the start of that year, um, I actually thought Davy had come in the year before, but maybe maybe that oh, was... Oh, maybe you're right. You're maybe right, but it was around there. Yeah, no, and um, Davy came in the year before, and um, we got to the semi-final of the championship, and we played Derry, and we got completely hammered off the park. And um, I remember being massively devastated after that, that match, because I really did think, you know, whenever Davy came in, Davy and Kieran O'Connor came in, they really did instill a confidence and they, they brought a structure and they brought an intensity, which we hadn't seen, especially in Antrim in any, in any event. And we knew there was something. And we knew whenever we looked around the team that there, there was something special there. Um, so whenever we got beat that day, we, we were missing Claire Timoney, which you, you know Claire. Claire's an amazing player. She was playing some sort of underdogs thing anyway, and she got hurt. And she's such a big player for us. And we came away and we, we, we felt we, we left it out in the pitch. And... And Derry were amazing, I have to say. They were full of brilliant players, but we knew that there was something more in us. So we regrouped early that year, 
and um, you know, Davey kept on talking to us about the All Ireland, and I, I, I swear to God, like we did, I, I kind of did laugh slightly in one sense because you know, you never really wanted to dream that you could be out in Croke Park playing and um, winning an All Ireland, and um, and but he did, he really did instill a belief, and that was from January where we trained, trained, trained. We had consistent large numbers at training. He, he, had, he had the whole year planned out because he was so confident that by September we would be playing in the All-Ireland. And, um, and so throughout the, through, so what happened was you'll actually laugh that there was actually another lady that was actually appointed captain, but she actually had to go away traveling, you know, Catherine Mullen. And um, she had to go traveling. And so she went away and they had to obviously appoint another captain and, and it actually was me. Um, and to be honest, it's it's quite strange because it wasn't that I'm a, a, a vocal player. I'm not I'm not that type of a player. I'm more of a player that goes out and demonstrates on the pitch rather than actually through words as much. So that's the way I take it anyway. And um, but I think yeah, I've heard that I've heard the only vocals you uh, you see of them for your sisters. You would argue with your sisters on the pitch, but um, that's a different situation maybe. But uh, maybe we shouldn't go there. But look, the captaincy thing. You remember. Yeah. When you were made captain, um, oh, yeah, he, he sat me down and he was just said, uh, he said to me, Jordan, there's no better person. And I know I did, you know, obviously, as he says, we, he says, I know, um, I did mention about Catherine, but I think, you know, that you're the person that I want to see lifting that cup this year. You're the person I want to, you know, lead those girls out on the pitch. And I did actually, you know, really did bring me a lot of confidence, obviously, and, you know, again, the pride situation as well. and. Um, and I, I think with that, we had a massive drive. We had a massive, massive drive that year. Um, I was but, massively... But not only that, Geraldine, um, I was talking to David about this and he reminded me of a training weekend in Attica, where he took <laughs> it all away. And on that weekend, I mean, he did video analysis. He's actually a media studies teacher. And it was maybe the first time that you guys had been exposed to that kind of thing. And he says he got the players to pick the captain it wasn't him who actually picked it although it was good that it was interesting that he was giving you a vision you know he was mm. talking all Ireland so he was making you think that already at the start but he said it was the players who picked you oh there, there you go I, I didn't even know that actually um but I, to be honest I had been a few bad times I've been about the block I I played Kennedy since I was 13, 14 um so and I, I just felt that, you know, with Antrim, it was nearly like my second club or fifth club, as you want to talk about it, whenever you think about the amount of clubs I moved about. So I, I think I would be seen as really part of that, that county team. So it is, it is a massive respect that people actually did choose me because I, I didn't actually realise that at the time. I actually thought but it was different. But it was about taking it to another level. And it yeah. sounds like even that weekend, maybe it was being named captain that took you to another level. Davy was actually told me it was very funny the way he explained it that that weekend that you did sand dunes training and mountain training, and he said you, we the girls would head off, and he said you were just zoom way out into the front, and you you were gone out of sight, and everybody was jogging along, and you were gone. You were at the top of the mountain for half an hour before the rest of them got up to the top, you know. Um, and he said, you know, you it was as if you were inspired. By, by all of that and you just were like right we're going to do this yeah that well yeah and to be honest I, I just I remember thinking to myself um, we are going to do this we need to push ourselves and we need to push ourselves to another level if we're going to if we're going to win this um, <laughs> whenever I think about 
going up the mountains. I don't know whether that's real teamwork whenever you think about me leaving everyone else, but it was kind of very much girls, we're going to do it and we're going to do it. We're going to blast these girls away. Um, and I, like, Mike. I have to say, what did you say? Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, we were going to blast these girls away. And like, I, I know that year, and I'm sure you know the facts, we, we actually lost the Ulster final that year. And uh, and I, I did, I like that, it's not the reason that we got beat, but I, I did go into it with a, an injury. Um, and I had prepared a speech. I remember going into that match and preparing a speech because Andrew would say, you know, you need to be prepared for these things if you're going up to accept the cup. And I, I was definitely confident that we were going to win. Um, so I prepared the speech and all, and obviously we got beat. And I just thought, you know, that's the last time I prepare a speech. That's not me. Um, and so whenever we did play in the All-Ireland Final, I said, and it goes to me, well, are you going to prepare a speech for this? I was like, no, no, I'm just going to have to wing it. And he goes, oh, God. <laughs> and as you can tell from the speech that happened that day, it wasn't, an, it wasn't a great sight. But it, to be honest, it all came from the heart. It really did all come from the heart. I was immensely, immensely proud of those girls. They gave everything on that pitch. And as I said in the speech at the time, we just wanted it more, and that was that was the major thing. We we as a group knew we had something special, and we wanted to you know make history. If you want to be very very cliche about it, we wanted just to really put Antrim ladies on the map. And I know it's a junior All Ireland, but we thought we were, we were making steps there to really progress. Um, and I and I think you know we wouldn't have done it without Davy and Karen. Definitely not. They just brought a professionalism that no other manager ever ever had brought to it. So I've got a lot of respect, I have to say, for Davey and Kieran. You know, they were just... It was a big, big deal for you to get over Derry, obviously. They'd beaten you a number of times. It was a big oh. hit for you. And then they beat you in that Ulster final. But you got them in the All-Ireland semi-finals in Kildress. And, yeah. um, you know, obviously you had to get over that one. You were injured, but mm -hmm. you came along and you were saying, I'm okay, but you know, you're the kind of girl who'd come along and say, I'm okay, even if your leg was broken by the sounds of it, you know, so they maybe didn't believe you, but they didn't start you, even though I'm, you would have wanted to start. Now, I'll give you his version of it first. I'll give you the manager's version. You can tell me yours. He said all through the game, um, you were looking at him, you know, as if to say, like, when are you putting me on? When are you putting me on? And he was very aware that you were there. And you know the way players... You know, if they want on, they'll start doing a stretch or whatever. You were definitely like, I am here, I'm ready. But he didn't put you on until 12 minutes to go. Yeah. And it was like, as he called it, the Peter Canavan moment. And, and he said, you know, it lifted the whole ground. It lifted everything, just the sight of you warming up. So I know you're too modest to say that, but he was saying that's the way it affected him. When you went on the pitch, you just burst through everything and you basically drove the team over the line um, so that was his version of it what was your version of like that experience and finally you know getting to the All-Ireland final and beating Derry uh, well totally you're right um, we had a real mental block against Derry and I'm not saying this Derry they're a brilliant team they were a really really good team but we did have a mental block as well I think we really feared them slightly you know if you really talk about inside you know we, I think we did slightly you know they were intimidated us slightly but um I think that was the big thing that Kieran, Kieran and Davy had done for us is very much saying they're no, they're not they're not anybody special. You you are as good as them, or you're actually better than them, and they'd really instilled a massive confidence in us. So whenever we were going into that um, that match, I'm not just saying this. We knew that we were going to we were going to rip into them, and we we're going to rip into them big time. And I have to say, coming in, in 
having, you know, doing their speech and very much saying, girls, we're making our mark and we're making a mark big time. This is our step to winning an All-Ireland. This isn't just, let's beat Derry, we're going to win the All-Ireland. And with that, I'm not just saying this, those girls ran out onto that pitch like they were, they were, they were, they were actually going to run through the doors waiting to get at Derry. And you can just, you could just tell that by them. Now, in relation to my own playing side of things, I was massively gutted that I wasn't starting, but I, I, I totally understood where, where, where Davy and Kieran were coming from because in their head, they were again confident that we were going to be making the All-Ireland and they didn't want to risk me getting hurt and not actually being able to play in the All-Ireland final. And, um, and, and I, you know, obviously I, I kept thinking, okay, well, how much time are you going to give me? They kept saying to me, oh yeah, we'll give you at least a half, at least a half. But obviously in their own minds, they were thinking, no, we're going to wait until we see. I, I'd say they may not have even played me. I'm actually assuming that they may not have even played me. So maybe in the, in the match, they just felt, okay, this is a good time for Julian to come in at. I actually thought the girls were winning well by the stage of me coming in at. Um, but maybe in his head, they'd, um, um, they'd actually maybe taken a step back. But I, but I have to say, running onto that pitch in the semi-final, and like I was just so eager to do something. And I, I, did, I did actually remember getting foul, or fouling a few girls, obviously, whenever I did come on. But it was just, it was amazing. Like, see, beating Derry that day, it, it nearly felt like it was nearly bigger than beating Limerick because we had got kind of the monkey off our backs and we weren't kind of the, the whipping boys for, for dairy ladies. So uh, that was just that was just amazing. And I have to say, by us beating dairy, we knew we were going to win. Like there was just, that was it. We, we knew we were going to win. Um, and I know even kind of, you know, the lead up to the All-Ireland final, I know I'm kind of going to the All-Ireland final side of things. We were just so confident. And even going to Crook Park, and I know people talk about the Crook Park experience, we nearly felt like this is this is our home. You know, this is this is so this is such a relaxing place. And I, I don't know whether that was Davy and Karen, Karen and the prep that they had brought us into it, but we had no fear there. We'd come into Crook Park and all we wanted to do was have like a brilliant time, really enjoy the match and really, you know, express ourselves. And that was a key thing for us, expressing ourselves, expressing who we are and obviously bring pride back um, back to Antrim. You remind me of the Down team in 1991 going to Krug Park, but like Ross Carr, for example, I remember interviewing him and, you know, Down hadn't been there in 23 years, but they had been there before. And he said, you know, we had no fear and our people have been there. Your people hadn't been there. So it's a different thing. It's, it's strange that you would go there and actually enjoy the whole experience and, and you know, take it all in. But it was like you knew what was going to happen before it happened. You, you didn't have a fear of... You know, even being in the stadium the first time you had the police escort going to the ground, you've been down the day before, all that kind of thing, you know, and you just took it all in your stride. Yeah, and I, and I think that was one thing that um, Davy and Karen had said, like, just enjoy it. Whatever you take from it, you enjoy. You enjoy being in Croke Park. And, like, I had been in Croke Park with, obviously, watching my brothers play, but also, obviously, watching Enda play. And, again, it was an enjoyable experience because obviously Tyrone had won at that stage a number of occasions. So for me anyway, I knew I felt it was a safe place. Um, and, and I have to say... Yeah, an interesting way of putting it, a safe place. <laughs> well, a safe place in the sense of not making a full out of yourself, but I, I knew it was a, a safe place in that respect. And, you know, it, it was a place I just, like I have to say, running out um, 
Mennonite onto Croke Park was just an amazing experience. I, I, it, it's just, you can't get a better place. I don't know that sounds so cliche, but you couldn't find a better place to play on. The grass is like carpet and just the atmosphere, you know, you just feel it in those old, old stadiums, like Chum and the like, oh, it's just amazing. So yeah, I, de I definitely enjoyed myself. 21,000 added that day. Obviously, they weren't all in for the junior game, but one uh, they beat Fermanagh and Cork beat Dublin by a point in the other game. So you, so you were just part of a fantastic occasion. But you know what? I tried to find even match reports online, and there was one, I think, on the Munster GEA website. just shows you how, how things have changed enormously. I mean, you obviously had the same enjoyment that people would have now. But in those days, there wasn't the same focus. You know, I've really had to ring around to get all the details and all the background stuff to catch out here on, you know, and to, to know what I'm talking about. It's not as readily available, and yet it's only 11 years ago. I know, I know. And like at the end of the day, um, I think ladies' football has come on massively whenever you think of the marketing. And the, like, even I'm not even just saying this because I'm talking to yourself, but I was saying that to. Um, you know, Enda as well, like you brought a lot to the ladies, ladies Gaelic, even just getting the videos out and replaying them. There's four videos of that game in 2009, of that final. There's very, you know, I haven't been able to find anything. It's almost nothing of that. I know it would have been put out in TG Cahar. Yeah. But very little around the game. Do you remember much of a build-up or much afterwards or being interviewed or any of that part of it? Yeah, yeah, no, I, like, um, like TG Cahar did a massive big thing in relation to it. Um, Cook Park would have brought you down like the captain's down for the captain's day about the week beforehand. Um, I actually thought, like, you know, for, um, what do you call it, um, Kill FM, they asked to do an advertisement for it in relation to Antrim and obviously Fermanagh playing in the All-Ireland final. And they asked me as captain to do like a, a pro promotion. Oh, that was a really good promotion, obviously. <laughs> but any promotion for, you know, the, the, the big final. So at that stage, there was, but it's just one of those things. It's, it wasn't put on social media, and I, I think with that, you just don't get it. Um, yeah. Well, they didn't have you know Twitter and YouTube and all those those things were only starting around then. But listen, let's go to another thing that I want to go to the team. You know, right. get your take on it. Let, let's go through that team because they're the girls that made history. Two thousand and nine, Andrew, the goalkeeper, Kira McCoy. So Kira, like I think she got a did she get a nominee All Star? Out of that game, I think she did, yeah. So Keira McCoy, fun money glass, amazingly talented player, brilliant outfield actually. Um, so she played, um, but she was just class and, and goals. Like you couldn't get a better player under high ball or shot stopper. You know, brilliant, brilliant keeper. I, I, you know, we always tried to keep her coming out because I know she played a lot of soccer as well. She's just, she's just amazingly talented. So anyway, that's that's Keira. Keira's what, she's about 30 now. But anyway, she was. She got a nominee All Star out of her performance. Actually, I think it was that day. Anyway, because she was just brilliant. She was only a kid then, and uh, in the full back line, then Emer Kelly. There was two Emer Kellys. This was Emer Kelly, another one from Money Glass, Bridget Scullion, and Geraldine Campbell. Who um, I think she got player of the match. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, you'll you last. Get a cornerback on a team that's won and scored. You know, um, what was it? You scored in the final three something i'll find it out in a second but i mean you, you scored a lot but it was a corner back yeah. on the winning team yeah so she was her she was her kind of sweeper yeah she was her sweeper so there was a girl who was playing in on the limerick side oh, what's her name no brian no brian that was amazing Dimno was just this tiny girl and because we had played limerick in the national league semi-final that year she literally scored all their their scores so 
it didn't take a genius to realize actually we should really you know put a sweeper as such in front of her so Emer Kelly was marking her and she did a fantastic job on her but um, Geraldine um, was kind of doing a sweeper role she coming out a bit deeper um, but Geraldine like Geraldine I don't I'm sure you know Geraldine she actually originally from is it Ross Trevor I think it is or Burn and Down and she had transferred up to Abrida and um, what had happened is that earlier that year I was obviously I, at that stage I was playing for Breda and I was saying to the girls you know you should like any of these girls that aren't playing county should definitely come along to Antrim you know it's a brilliant setup and one of my best friends Caroline Kelly I, I'm sure you know her from Tron amazing player She's in Australia now, and amazing player. I played football with her in Queens, best friends now. And um, whenever I transferred to Breda, she actually transferred from Moy to Breda. It was just by chance because both of us moved up to Belfast. She wanted to play as well. And I had said to her, you know, like, you're more than good enough. Obviously, she's brilliant. You should come out. And when she came out that year, she loved it. She actually just thought it was just amazing. Um, so her and actually Geraldine Campbell came out and played. So Geraldine, she played cornerback and she was doing like a sweeper type role and she was just amazing at it. She was just the real connecting player. She just played brilliant. Um, and in the, and uh, in the halfbacks, you'd need Kelly, Catherine Mullen and Dominique McAteer. Yeah, so Dominique's my first cousin. Um, she's from Craigham, brilliant, brilliant player. Really, really smart on the ball. Great, great hands. Fearless as well. She, she's really, really good. Um, Neve Kelly. Um, she was very young, she was only 16, but you wouldn't even have known that with her. Really smart player as well, really fast player. And, and then you have Catherine Mullen, who I just, I think she's just amazing. She's an amazing, amazing player. She played for some Bridgets. Really, really smart player again. Really strong, but fast. Really small, fast. I think she played a lot of basketball as well, and you could really tell by her. But she was one of those type players, never give up. You could just tell by her, never gave up. Really, really, really good. And you just knew by her, if she was going for a run, you were going for a run with her because she just kept you going. Um, and talking about keeping you going, uh, in midfield, the Twin Towers, the, the <laughs> sisters, Geraldine and Mary. Um, yeah. Probably keeping each other going and, and giving each other abuse and keeping each other motivated, I guess. Arguing well, with each other. Yeah, well, her, her Mary's just... I mean, like anyway, yeah, but she's just amazing. Such a role model for me. I have to say, she's just been brilliant. Like, she's older than you. Oh, she's you're the youngest. So, yeah, she's four years older than me. So, um, and you wouldn't know by her, but I captain by you then. She was. She actually had a baby that year. Actually, really, like I think it was December of that year, and um, obviously, I played so much football with her with Money Glass and Brita. I'd said to her to come out again and she was like, oh, I've got just a baby and just work and, you know, and I edged her out, obviously. I'd like, come on, Mary, you know, really good team, da, da, da. You saw the program about Brenda and like an SB and she played when she was pregnant. That's <laughs> just mad. <laughs> I know. But um, Mary came out that year and um, because I, I don't know whether Davy had actually seen her play the year before because she had been pregnant, obviously, so he didn't really know her. But I think when obviously he got to see her, he realised, oh, she's some talent. Mary, Mary is so, so fit. Like, you think I'm competitive? She makes me look like a wee pussycat. Like, she will actually go through things just to get the ball and just to win. And, you know, so that, to be fair with me and with Mary, she just, whenever, she, she always kept me driving on as well because she, you know, she didn't want to lose. And 
she, she, she's obviously again, you know, because of both of us, she would have watched my back and I would have watched hers. And it was just, it was, ama- it was like those times whenever I look back, it's just been amazing, I have to say. In the forwards then, um, there's another Emer Kelly, this one from Craig and Kickhams, or Kickhams Craig and us, or they're called now, uh, Shanine Dakin, mixed wife, of course, and um, yeah. Maria Cooper, got a couple of goals. Caroline Kelly, you've already mentioned. Claire Timoney, you've already mentioned. And Brona McClanahan from uh, Lenevy. And then the, the subs come on, Emer Gallagher, and Kathy Carey, yeah. again, Money Lass, and uh, Anya McElroy come on for a wee sort of swan song, a wee sort of um, cameo at the end. Yeah. Oh, well, Emer Kelly, speed demon. Absolute speed demon. Really, really fit. Um, and um, then Shannon, as you know, Shannon, Shannon played for some goals. She played Kamogi for Rasa. Brilliant player. Really, like you think I'm strong. She makes me look so weak compared to whenever we used to play against each other, some goals and money glass. Yeah, we, had a, we talk about a ferocious fight. That would have definitely happened. She would have played midfield, but great, great. Great, great player. Um, and then he sorry, he was the other wing half forward. It was you had Maria Cooper. Oh well, Maria. Oh my God, I think she only was she still fifteen, and I think when she scored that amazing goal. She was at Queens in twenty thirteen, won the O'Connor Cup, and that's four years later. Yeah, she Maria was just special, and you could just tell that by Maria. Spring for St Paul's last year, and their run to the All Ireland Intermediate final. Oh. She's, she's just brilliant. No, Maria, Maria's a, and she's a great girl to play with as well. Um, so, so good. And that, like, you wouldn't have thought she was only 15 at that stage, going running out and playing. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Caroline Kelly, I, I have to say, and I'm not just saying this because she's my friend, what an amazing leader. You talk about leadership. She talked the talk and walked the walk. She was just so, so good. You know, I, if, you, if you look, if you ever do see the game, um, there's a roll up to the last goal and it was from her ferocious you never say die attitude getting the gut ball back and Kathy Carey being involved in that massive move and then linking it up with Maria they were just by Caroline Kelly keeping it going keeping it going keeping it going and she, like I think she scored a number of points in that day as well um, um, she was just brilliant um, and then Claire Timoney there's a girl like you know she, she would have been, I'd say, well, I say this, I, I would I always considered her young, but obviously that's just younger than me at that stage. Um, but what a talent. Like, you know what she's done for Breda, never mind for Antrim. Like, she, I don't know what she scored in that um, All-Ireland final. Her frees were immense. One five. Think, Although one there, five. Were only, there were only two frees in that. Scored one three from play. Maria oh. scored two one. Caroline Kelly scored two two points. And Amy Gallagher, two points. Yeah. Um, Tim's was just took out like she actually just took out and like the thing is with Claire you've seen it for in other games and you just you were just waiting for her to get to the big big stage to really show what she could do and that that day she did I actually was surprised not that Julian did play brilliant but I thought Claire was the man of the match to me but that was only because obviously I was seeing the scores but oh immensely talented Claire is just amazing so that was the win I mean if I could just maybe try and sum it up or if you could try and sum it up what, what, what that was about or tell me something about it I mean they try and uh, obviously putting it into perspective it was the first time it was done you did it three years later but that was the one and you know the celebrations you've mentioned the speech you know the excitement afterwards I'm wondering what it was like I mean did you even stay and watch the other games the following day you're going back to Belfast you're going back up to Antrim you're going to the Hatfields you know incredible memories for you 
Yeah, well, like, um, so what happened was, you know, obviously whenever we won and um, went up, uh, I actually thought I was going to cry. I know that sounds really, really silly. You know, I was just immensely proud. And, <laughs> um, and then, of course, uh, walked up the steps and just like as a team, we just, we knew that, you know, we could win in All-Ireland and we wanted to really break the back that Andrew is more than just a camogie county, that we are a football county too. And I think that was just the major thing there that really showed we, you know, put ourselves on the map in a sense of a footballing county. Now, I'm not saying we're anything like a cork or whatever, but we wanted to make steps and we wanted to progress. And this was a big, big, this was a major, major step. Like if you had told me whenever I started football that I you know, we would win in All-Ireland, I would have laughed at you. I know that's terrible to say, but, you know, to, to walk up those steps with that team, and to lift the cup was just, it's, I was immensely proud, immensely proud of the girls. And just like, you know, and I, and, I, and I knew from it as well that, you know, we were going to do something more. But I, I should say, anyway, I'll, I, I got pregnant the year afterwards. But anyway, that's um, besides the point. But what we did then, um, we stayed for the Fermanagh game. And I think we stayed for half of the court game. And then we went, we actually went down the road. So there was no staying over, you know, when you talk about funding, et cetera. But um, we went down and we went in, into the um, Gauls had done a big celebration for us, a kind of a homecoming. And um, we partied the night away there. And it was just, it was just brilliant, I have to say. You know, just as, as, a, as a group of girls to really enjoy it. But it's, for me anyway, like that was, that was just so special. It was just really, really, really special. It's funny because obviously, you know, with Enda, I've been a part of the All Ireland celebrations there, and how they went through Oma, except that that obviously wasn't what happened. You know, with Antrim ladies, um, but saying that it didn't matter how big of a crowd, or we were just really delighted in ourselves, and we kind of did know, know that we had made history. And you did it again, as I say, three years later, you beat Louth in the final, and this time Claire Gemini was the captain. And you were on the team. You had people like Kirsty McGuinness in at that point. And, of course, you were uh, Jerry McGinley at this point. Um, Emma Kelly was playing as well. Um, you know, you, you had a great team there. And you, you allowed had scored 15 goals in four games to get to the final. And you kept them to seven points. Not in, no goals, seven points. And they didn't score for 22 minutes of the game. So that was an incredible performance as well. And Brian Coyles, of course, was the manager then, the, the legendary uh, St. Paul's man was there as well. So that was the St. Paul's effect then as well. But how did the experience compare for you in 2012? Oh, well, I know that sounds a bit, a bit cliche. Obviously, um, you know, I that year I just had a, a baby girl, actually. Um, and so she was born in February. So um, whenever I was playing, it was a bit of a different scenario in relation to balancing football and because um, I had two children at that stage. Um, yeah, so, working it out because otherwise your pregnancy would have been about <laughs> two years. I was thinking, oh, it's really <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was, that was my second. So um, what do you call with that? There was a lot more more pressure involved, but it was still nonetheless really really good. It was really good to win the All Ireland. It just it didn't feel as I feel bad saying this, but it didn't feel as you know as big of a deal or big of a you know it was still really brilliant to go out there and be a part of a really great bunch of players like that team was made up of a lot of St Paul players and they were so so skillful I think they actually did they win the minor Ulster or something that year they were just so so talented um 
and there was even I think there was Lady uh, Nicole Kelly as well, and she was just super, 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 and Anya Tuberty as well. Um, but it was just a bit different. I think whenever we won the two thousand and nine All Ireland, um, that was us wanting to push on and progress. And I did feel slightly, you know, winning again in two thousand and twelve felt like okay, right, we've taken a step back, but we're going to go again, you know, and we're going to go again. So, um, you know, it was still, you know, immensely big and special in its, own, in its own right. And obviously for me anyway, coming back after having two children as well, it was just class to play in Crook Park and really enjoy it as well. But it, I, I felt it wasn't as, you know, big as the first Ireland, but that maybe, you know, it's just, it's just obviously how it all came about. Um, like I was just so happy for Claire, you know, she's such an amazing player and to lift that cup and her speech. Like I look at her speech and I think that's what I should have said. But <laughs> that's what I should have said, you know. But um and she was so measured and you know obviously loving like obviously so so proud of the girls and stuff like that. Um, but it was so funny because going into that match we were major underdogs and I think in two thousand nine we would have been like mm, you know, because uh, I think there was a, I, I still remember it, there was a, an article about three weeks before for All-Ireland final and they were talking about Louth and Antrim and they were very much saying Louth just kind of have to show up and and I read that article and I remember coming to training and I said, Claire, we're not taking shit from it, all this. <laughs> we're going to do something and she did. She fired those girls up and pretty much said we need to raise training to another level and that's what we did do you know we raised training to another level and we went out and again like Antrim did they really enjoyed playing in Cook Park and that's what they did they really expressed themselves again. I'm going to go on a slightly different tangent here and then I'm going to talk about your club career and we'll finish up there so um, but the slightly different tangent is um, I'm wondering I mean some people have said to me that you could have played at a higher level and you're probably too humble to admit that maybe you would like to have played at a higher level and you you know um, your manager Davey back in 09 he said you certainly could have competed with the likes of you know you could have certainly got a place on, on the Cork teams or the Dublin teams of that day but I'm sure you got the same and you know you got enjoyment from just playing for Andrew and just playing the game and maybe maybe there's a little bit there you maybe thought maybe I'd like to have challenged or maybe you got the chance maybe maybe I don't know did you play much for Ulster um, I know you got, you got plenty of football at, at club level but I'm wondering did you get your chance did you feel you got a chance to pit yourself against the top players at any point? Um, so I, pl I played um, football in Queens actually, um, and we won. We actually won one Dowd final, and I remember getting an Ulster All Star out of it, which was really like it was a big thing for me. It didn't really mean anything to anybody else, but just getting an individual award there was always good. And playing against those type of players really did make you think, okay, actually I, I could maybe compete at that level. Um, so the likes of Caroline O'Hanlon obviously on my Queen's team, brilliant, amazing, amazing player. Um, but I never felt out of place, I have to say. I never felt out of place. But saying that, I never felt that playing for Antrim or playing for any of my clubs held me back. You know, I, I always just, you know, I just did it, played played at the level I wanted to. And also, you know, I always, as I said to you, like it wasn't the players that I was playing against that I was competing against. I was competing against myself, always, always wanting to better myself. And that would have been the case of before I went to training I would have always been kicking the ball against the wall trying to practice my catching practice my kicking practice obviously with my brothers as well and that's that was my competition myself it wasn't it wasn't anybody else you know so 
an enjoyment I got it for playing for Money Glass and Rita and Ergel and obviously Antrim like I, like I was so so happy with that level just because again you know I was playing football I was playing the sport that I love so it didn't really matter to me what level I was playing at. I was going to ask you who's the best player you've played against and then I thought you know what's a more appropriate question for you is who's the toughest opponent you've had because obviously everybody says that you're an incredibly tough opponent so it'd be interesting to get your take on who's the toughest player you played against. Um, let me see so uh, it's funny I remember playing against um, Alma O'Donnell do you remember he used to play for Armagh oh my gosh yeah, yeah. Yeah, she um, and Michaela Downey, those two, look, whenever Michaela was, she was just brilliant. Um, but I have to say, Alma O'Donnell, she was just amazing, amazing engine. But again, kind of similar to myself in a sense that whenever she went out in the pitch, she gave everything. And she, you know, she was such a consistent player. You know how a lot of players would dip in and out and you do see them amazing players, you know, from, you know, at that stage where there was a lot of um, players from Monaghan I would have played against, especially at club level. And they were great, but she was one of those kind of really intense type players. And you knew whenever you went in for a tackle against her, you were you were you were going to get hit. Well, I'm thinking that no one else. I imagine the other girls would have just let you at it. The two of you. <laughs> um, on the club scene, then you played with Money Glass and you had success with them in the early days, and then um, you ended up moving to Breda. And if people don't know Breda, Breda and in Belfast but on the county down side of Belfast and need success there and then of course with Enda you moved to into Tyrone and you played for Aragal Kieran, and you still do but I'm sort of skimming over that if you want to sort of fill in a few more details there. Yeah so I played most of my career with Money Glass and um, whenever we got married we were up in Belfast so I decided to um, transfer to a team in Belfast and I didn't really want to play against my old team um, so I, I played for Breda and at that stage you'll you'll laugh I think six of us most most of them were my friends all transferred to Breda the time at the time so it did feel actually like I really did feel like home so I played there until um 2014 where I moved to Erdogan Cairn and um then I transferred there to the the ladies club there and we won actually a championship in 2015 with them so I've been kind of playing in and out I had a wee baby boy there in 2018 um and throughout you know those years like really 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 enjoyed playing for you know likes of Ergel and Breda but obviously that was kind of more of my later stage in my career I think they got the dud jerting if you know what I mean rather than the, the young younger fit one if you know what I mean so um but I like like I have to say playing Antrim it's so funny because Antrim they're super competitive but they do bring a, an edge to their tackling um down you know I think the game was far faster you know because obviously it's senior senior um championship game is far far faster um but stronger in the tackle and then you go to throwing again same kind of speed as down but they are so much more physical like in throwing i do feel that the club scene there for far more physical you feel like you're nearly there's you know you talk about non-contact i don't think that ever comes into play whenever you're playing throwing club scene so yeah it's funny the different counties and their their approaches well, wow. that's quite a journey when you think about it, you know, from the 13-year-old in the back garden, um, beating the whatever out of the brothers, uh, going on to Money Glass, going on to Breda, going on to Croke Park and winning there, and then ending up, you're still uh, on crutches, 
temporarily, but I'm sure you'll be back and still still playing there in Tyrone. Yeah, no, I, 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 I've, I've had so like I've had so many good years and like even good years watching like in 2010. I'm sure you know with watching my brothers play for Antrim and they had that big run you know, to play against Tyrone in the final. And then, obviously, I'm sure you, you've heard about um, my brother, Tomas. He was on through for goal and, and it came out of nowhere and decided to foul him. And, you know, at that stage then, um, we decided just not to talk to him for about three weeks afterwards. He's still kind of in and out of the bad books for it, you know. We, you know, it's not, it's not all forgiven at that stage, you know, because obviously for Antrim, that was a big deal, making it to the Ulster final. Well, the competitive spirit has seems <laughs> run all the way through your career as well. And it seems to have come from everyone around you, or maybe you've spread it to everyone around you as well, you know. But listen, it's been great fun talking to you, Geraldine, and um lovely to go back over all the Antrim stuff and that being part of that historic team and being the captain of that historic team and hearing the inside story that maybe isn't out there as much available before now, but it is now. So Thanks for that. I hope you go and watch the rest of the Michael Jordan documentary. I think you'll definitely find a lot of correlations there as well. So um, it's been great fun. So thank you very much. Well, thank you very much. Well, thanks very much for having me.